This is the My Child Will Thrive podcast, and I'm your host, Tara Hunkin, nutritional therapy practitioner, certified GAPS practitioner, restorative wellness practitioner, and mother. I'm thrilled to share with you the latest information, tips, resources, and tools to help you on the path to recovery for your child with ADHD, autism, sensory processing disorder, or learning disabilities. My own experiences with my daughter, combined with as much training as I can get my hands on, research I can dig into, and conferences I can attend, have helped me to develop systems and tools for parents like you who feel overwhelmed trying to help their children. So sit back as I share another great topic to help you on your journey. Today's podcast is sponsored by the Autism, ADHD, and Sensory Processing Disorder Summit. In order to learn more about the summit and to sign up for free, please go to www.mychildwillthrive.com forward slash summit. Welcome back to the My Child Will Thrive podcast. I'm excited to talk to you today a little bit about um, the cerebellum and its role in cognition and emotion. And this is important for all of us because when we're looking at what the foundational things we need to work out with our kids, we want to look at both obviously the biochemical and nutritional aspects that our children need support in. But we also want to look at what kind of neuro rehab or how we can leverage the the brain's positive neuroplasticity to help correct their function. So in doing so, we have to learn about the role of the different parts of the brain. But what I want to talk to you today is about the part of the brain called the cerebellum. And uh, why this is important is because Although in the past it was thought to be just um, involved in motor planning and movement, we now know uh, that the majority of the human cerebellum is um, associated with cerebral networks involved in cognition. And this is really important finding because what we can, we can learn from this is, is how we can work with our children to not just rewire the brain for better movement, uh, which can be, include a number of different things which we'll talk about. But, but also by doing that rehab, you're also going to help them better regulate um, their, their cognition, so their thinking, their processing, and also their ability to manage their emotions, which uh, many of our children have challenges with. So what we're finding is that this part of the brain and engaging this part of the brain in some kind of uh, neuro rehab is important to all of these different areas. So it's one of those things uh, where you get many effects in many different areas of your child's function by working on one particular area of the brain. So let's talk about that a little bit more. Um, Why in the past, as I said, um, the evidence was that the cerebellum was really just about movement and and um, uh, and motion control. So, as I mentioned, there's increasing recognition that the cerebellum contributes to cognitive processing and emotional control, in addition to its role in motor coordination. And this was determined through a number of different ways, but studies typically. Um, in clinically seeing patients, not necessarily children, but patients that had lesions, so damage to to the different parts of the cerebellum and what, how that impacted their overall function. 
So the expectation is always that it's going to impact their motor function and planning. But what they ended up seeing was that it was also characterized by impairments in things like executive function, which includes, um, you know, plannings uh, and verbal fluency and abstract reasoning and working memory. And this may sound familiar to you and your children in terms of their, their symptoms. Um, spatial cognition, so visual spatial organization and memory. Again, uh, linguistic processing, so again, language, uh, ability to process language. And um, so from these lesions and seeing clinically how it was impacting these patients, we started to begin to understand that there may be more to the cerebellum um, than just motor planning and control. Now, in those same patients, you, you did see motor planning and control challenges. Um, there are also other studies beyond just those examples um, from the clinical observations that uh, show that the cerebellum is also involved in sensory perception and that it also has indirect control over the autonomic and emotional function. And so again, we see that it has more than just motor planning um, impacts. So let's just talk about what the cerebellum actually is. So descriptively, in a very basic terms, it's a part of the brain that's found at the back and the bottom of the brain behind the brainstem. And from what we now know, it's involved in coordinating movement, maintaining balance, controlling eye movements, motor learning, which requires act, the type of thing that requires active practice, like learning to ride a bike, and also cognition and emotion. Uh, more specifically, the cerebellum is the coordinator of all the inputs from other parts of the brain, um, and in particular, typically the motor inputs. And many of the functions that it's involved in are the ones that are learned through repetition, as I mentioned before, and then they become ultimately carried out subconsciously or automatically, it, like learning to walk or learning to run. You don't, once you've learned to walk, you don't have to think about how you walk, you just walk. And same thing with running. Um, so, but we've also seen that in PET scans that, um, that there's a higher levels to the cerebellum that are involved in other types of learning that are, are also practiced, um, such as these, these are typically motor related skills, such as learning to play a musical instrument, but it also could be in cogn uh, cognitive skills, such as uh, sequencing tasks, um, such as learning the days of the week or the times tables. And when our children don't develop properly, um, through the normal developmental patterns, which we're gonna to get to in a moment, uh, they struggle with these things. Um, and you may uh, think of your child when you, you start to hear that. So in that show, the cerebellum helps the cortex um, lay down and refine the sensory motor aspects of skills that, that, so that they become automatic and in order to free the, the cortex up to address higher level cognitive functions in the future. So that's part of the role of, of the cerebellum as well. Now, what does this all mean? Um, so if your child uh, has 
challenges that in these particular areas that we've been discussing, um, a neural rehab program uh, where it engages the cerebellum can then have this downstream trickling effect um, on all these different skills that they're ch having challenges with. Um, it Doing neural rehab work that engages cerebellar function has impacts far below, beyond uh, improving motor coordination and balance. And by doing that, you can uh, leverage the power of positive plasticity, which is what I talked about in the beginning in the brain to retrain the cerebellum to function appropriately. Um, and that that can then directly impact the function of the brain, the movement, um, in movement, cognition, speech, and emotions, which are so many of the things that our children struggle with. So what is neural rehab? It can mean a, a lot of different things, um, but because the cerebellum's inv is involvement is tied to the postural reflexes, which are the reflexes that are replaced by the primitive reflexes once they're properly integrated, um, primitive reflex integration is something that you're going to look at right, uh, right away. Uh, because if those primitive reflexes, which we've talked about in the past, and I'll link in the show notes, um, uh, previous articles in our cheat sheet, which is in our, um, in our free resource library, there's a cheat sheet of all the different types of primitive reflexes that your child may have retained. And just quickly, for those of you who aren't familiar, primitive reflexes are ones that we're born with. And they're, they're, uh, they're survival reflexes that our children have when they're born. And over the course of, well, it depend, depending on the reflex, it could be up to 18 months, but typically by 18 months, most of these primitive reflexes are what they call integrated. And um, they've, they've been moved on because the child doesn't need that reflex anymore um, as a part of their survival mechanism. So as I mentioned before, the, once the primitive reflexes are integrated, they uh, are replaced by postural reflexes um, from a developmental standpoint. Without those postural reflexes, the cerebellum does not develop appropriately and then the, the, the children start to have impacts from that. So primitive reflexes in terms of assessing them and doing some primitive reflex integration would be the first type of either movement therapy or other therapy, uh, neuro rehab therapy that you want to try with your child to start the process of impacting cerebellum function and um, moving from there. Because the cerebellum is also involved in eye movement, um, often you, your practitioner will recommend some type of vision therapy uh, in order to do that rehab uh, for cerebellum function. And then there are many other large um, motor movement um, complex uh, different things that you can do with your child to again en engage a number of different sensory systems that are also um, affected by cerebellum function and are inputs to the cerebellum. So they can be very complex um, or simple movements that your child does in order to work that part of the brain and again, strengthen it and then in, in turn improve that function and all the other downstream functions from there. One of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about this today is because I'm really excited to have uh, Dr. Peter Skyer is returning to the summit uh, this year. 
and he's going to talk to you about um, the, the, the cerebellum's role in cognition in much greater depth uh, than I have today and with uh, a great skill and precision. Dr. Skyer is a uh, functional neurologist and he specializes in working with um, kids like ours and uh, he has been trained by Dr. Malolo and it has in the hemispheric model of, of rehab as well. And he is going to talk to us about how to put one of these uh, neuro rehab uh, programs in place for our children. And in particular, he has a lot of um, tips and tricks for working with teenagers as well. He's worked with young children um, right through the teenage years. So he has um, perspectives for both. And uh, we're going to talk about how to make it fun um, so it doesn't feel like rehab for your child. And it, it would be applicable to the younger kids too, because you can certainly do that. But when your kids get older, uh, like mine are now, to make it a little bit more interesting and a lot less like therapy to keep them motivated and engaged, he has uh, a number of great um, suggestions, which are obviously based in science in terms of how to get this rehab work done in a more fun and engaging way um, that feels a little bit more like a traditional workout for, for your child and it's something you can do with them as well. So I really hope that this has given you a brief understanding of why uh, we need to look at this for our kids, how pervasive um, the impact of the, if you're, the cerebellum has not developed appropriately because of retained primitive reflexes and the cascade effect um, from, from retaining them. And you have an idea of what types of symptoms you might see in your child. So uh, things like uh, poor handwriting and balance and movement issues, um, coordination, anything sequencing and timing um, is tied to cerebellar function. Uh, you are also going to uh, obviously see challenges in regulating their emotions. Um, so easily having outbursts. Um, you're also going to see them having difficulty with rote skills sometimes. So learning the basics in math um, uh, and things like days of the week and months of the year um, earlier earlier on. You will also see um, things like um, having challenges with balance and I may have already mentioned that, but balance and movement. So things like escalators and uh, stairs and just uh, in some cases slides or other things like that. So there's quite a, it's, it's pretty all encompassing in terms of the types of symptoms that you're going to start to see. So it becomes pretty clear that this is an area that most of us have to work on with our children. And I really encourage you to join um, me and uh, Dr. Skyer um, watching the summit. You can go to www.mychildwillthrive.com/summit and sign up for free is going to uh i'm really excited it will be airing in june of 2018 and we would love for you to join us and learn more there i hope this has been helpful to get you started on your journey and i'd love to hear any feedback just uh you can put a comment uh, 
or a review in iTunes or uh, just uh, send us an email at info at mychildwillthrive.com. I look forward to seeing you soon. Bye for now. My Child Will Thrive is not a substitute for working with a qualified healthcare practitioner. The information provided on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat your child. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any information or treatments that you have learned about on this podcast. There are many gifted, passionate, and knowledgeable practitioners with hundreds if not thousands of hours of study and clinical experience available to help guide you. Part of our goal is to give you the knowledge and tools you'll need to effectively advocate for your child so that you don't blindly implement each new treatment that comes along. No one knows your child better than you. No one knows your child's history like you do or can better judge what is normal or abnormal for your child. The greatest success in recovery comes from the parent being informed and asking the right questions and making the best decisions for their child in coordination with a team of qualified practitioners in different areas of specialty. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining me this week on the My Child Will Thrive podcast. I want to share with you the free tools I've created to help you on your journey. So head to mychildwillthrive.com forward slash library to get free access now. And as they say, it takes a village. Join us in the My Child Will Thrive Village Facebook group, where you can meet like-minded parents and stay up to date on everything we have going on at My Child Will Thrive. This is Tara Hunkin, and I'll catch you on the next podcast or over at mychildwillthrive.com.